Lord Vader. Yes, Master. The rebels in the Lothal system. Hunt them down. As you wish. Welcome, Masters and Padawans, to episode 112 of Full of Sith. I am the Mike Pilot. With me, my co-host, Bobby Roberts, people, and Brian Young, people, both here tonight. Amy is at C2E2, is that correct, gentlemen? Yes, indeed. Right. She is at C2E2 doing uh, doing her job, being a journalist for the sake of all those who read The Nerdist. Yeah, she's good at what she does, too, but we are here tonight without Amy, and we miss her, but we are going to be discussing things that happened last weekend. One of the things being, most of that thing being, celebration. Mm-hmm. Brian and myself were both there. Bobby, you uh, did not make the trip, but things were good and things happened. There was a giant Bobby-sized hole at celebration. I noticed not a single person at any point tweeted, Facebooked, or messaged anything like, wow, this would have gone so much better if that hobbity we- creature from that one podcast was here. You were the only person that did it, and you did it on the panel, and I thank you very much for that, Brian, but nobody at Celebration missed my chunky ass. There was a nobody. person in the in the, in the the room when we were doing the live show, and they're in the back, yeah. like, you know, like wrestling shows, they hold up, like, Austin 316 that said, Bobby should be here. So, <laughs> that guy, he missed you, too. Okay, uh, like so... A, like a guy with a giant cardboard head of me with my stupid Kangol hat on, just sort of waving it in the background. yeah. yeah. He, I'll have something stupid to say soon. I wish he was here. Yeah. I won't tell I won't tell you about the guy burning you an effigy outside. <laughs> or the guy with like a very a sharpened toothbrush just sort of keeping an eye out on the front door on the hopes that I might make a surprise entrance. In the shiv. No, yeah, it's into my side. I heard from a lot of people that they were disappointed that you weren't going to be there. Everybody asked. Like every time they ran up to me, they were like Hey, is Mike here? Yeah. What about Bobby? No, he's not here. Oh, man, that would have been cool if he could have come. What about Bob? Well, I, I, I discussed it a little bit on uh, rumor control, but if you guys are not spoiler phobes, don't go seeking out that rumor control just to hear why I wasn't able to make it. But I did talk about it a little bit there. What I think is interesting is that uh, everybody is in the throes of the post-celebration hangover. It's been a week-long hangover, and some people still haven't gotten over it. And every single podcast uh, that you're going to listen to, I know you listen to more than one listener. You probably have a couple different Star Wars podcasts that you load up uh, for to make it through your week. Every single one you're going to listen to is going to be talking about their time at Celebration. And we're going to talk about that a little, too. But so far as I can tell, I think I'm like the only part of a podcast <laughs> that wasn't at Celebration. So I'll be able to provide an interesting perspective for you, the listener, who might have had an experience sort of like mine, which is I can't make it. I'm on the outside. I've been left behind like a Kirk Cameron movie. And I'm, I'm sort of peeking through the stream that they thankfully provided us. To sort of peek in at what's going on at Celebration. So how things went down at Celebration, like you're going to hear on other podcasts and you're going to hear on this show, uh, was fairly different from what I understand than how things look to be going down at Celebration from our perspective on the outside. So uh, we're going to talk about that today. Yes? Yeah, I'm very excited to do that. I uh, held off from talking to you all week just because I wanted to make sure that we had this. It was It's authentic. 
is I'm yeah, hearing this. Fresh. Yeah, I'm hearing it for the first time. So yeah, let's get let's get straight into that. Let's start off with how celebration started, Brian. Uh, with a bang. Yeah. Um. So the first the first panel at celebration was the J.J. Abrams panel. Yeah. Uh, where J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy brought out uh, various members of the cast, including BB-8. Okay, now and- before before we get into the meat of the panel, I want to ask you guys this because again, this is going to be uh, an A B comparison thing. We we have different perspectives on how that panel played out, simply because I wasn't in the room, but you were in the room. Was it as awkward having to sit through DJ Elliott's set as it seemed when I was watching on the stream? Because if he wasn't directly yelling at you guys to like make a noise or clap your hands or something, like you guys seemed to just sort of die. <laughs> so like in the room with dj elliot trying to get you guys up out your seats i will be honest one of the things i was most excited about when i heard that they were moving the convention away from orlando mm-hmm. was that i wasn't going to have to see another presentation by dj elliot and mark daniel anymore <laughs> and then when i sat down in my seat and they came out i was like oh crap <laughs> they followed you you can't get rid of dj elliot that that quickly I don't mind. I mean, they, they they warm a crowd up, I guess, in whatever way. I would th- I would think the t-shirt cannon does most of the work, really. Well, you know, he. Uh, I got some pictures of it, and I tweeted them. I don't know if you saw them, because you're not on Twitter, Bobby. But yeah. uh, that t-shirt cannon, he fired it from, like, literally right next to, like, the seat next to me when he mm-hmm. ran out into the crowd to do it. Yeah. Um, And here I am, like, well, I guess I should take a picture of this, because somebody wants to see it. I'm not sure who that person was. <laughs> But I think uh, very accurately describing the mood of the room. And so basically what I was perceiving was what you guys were actually feeling there in the room. Fortunately yeah. for me, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't in that room. I didn't oh, make really? it into the room. I uh, certainly wasn't staying out and I certainly wasn't standing in line. I had a rough day at Disney the day before being 12 hours on my feet. And I thought I promised the coffee with Kenobi guys that I would be there for their, their show on Thursday, the first podcast on the podcast stage to help them set up. So I watched it from one of the digital rooms next to where the podcast room was because I wasn't, mm-hmm. well, I was standing in line outside trying to get in the building and apparently press credentials don't mean anything at celebration. <laughs> whoa, and- whoa, whoa, whoa. I got a wristband with my press credential. Yeah, but neither of you got pizza, did you? No, I did not get any pizza. And that was nice that she did that. But um, yeah. I got to go. I got to get upstairs to do something. Wait here, sir. Wait here. It was, and when they sent out that this week, they sent out a what could make celebration better. I was honest about that. I thought celebration was fantastic, but I think that the staff of the uh, Anaheim Convention Center yeah. were, were a bunch of dorks, and they didn't Did know you, what was going on. So there was like a checklist, and then there was that box that says other, and then you you check the box that says other, and then wrote in let Mike Pilot do what he wants. Yeah, and pretty much. Do, do you know who I am? That's what I said. <laughs> Oh, no, you did not pull that card. No, absolutely not. I did not do that. I just said, the only thing I said on it was, whenever we did ask people that were door people or in the convention center that should have known where things were, they had no idea where things were. They could have been a little, and I and I had a conversation with a few of them. I'm like, well, why don't you know? And they said they didn't give us any heads up. They didn't train us on anything. So it's not really Celebration's fault. It's not really their fault. It's just a miscommunication, and hopefully they'll have that fixed for London. Well, I, I'll I'll tell you this um, as a, a veteran of many conventions. I didn't go to celebration, but I have helped plan, uh, organize, worked at, and been a guest on numerous conventions. It never really gets any better. <laughs> no, it, it it doesn't. That's it doesn't. That's it's something. 
it's almost always a cluster smuckers jam and, brand of ridiculousness. And here's the thing. If you know what you're talking about and they don't, they will take your word for it and let you yeah. do whatever you want to. Yeah, it's sort of like sneaking into a movie theater. The best way to sneak into a movie theater is just act like you bought a ticket. And then, and it works. that works at conventions. If you just talk to somebody like you know you're supposed to be somewhere, and they're going to roll with it because it's easier to just say, oh, yeah, sure, okay, and just assume that you know what you're talking well, about. I guess I'm being unfair to everybody. It was It was two things in particular. I did actually get past some things that I probably shouldn't have. And I was in some rooms that I probably shouldn't have because I did talk to the people, and, you know, explain where I was from and what I was trying to do. But the day we picked up our press passes was kind of, uh, it's a story for another day, but it was, you can't walk a hundred yards and go through the store. You have to go around the convention center to get out to your car. And then the other one letting me in on Wednesday morning. And, and, and I'm not going to complain about it because it was a great week. So, all right. So we're back. We're back to where uh, yes, we're back to the JJ Abrams panel. Yeah. We're sitting there. Well, I'm sitting there. Yeah, DJ Elliot has sat down, and I do want to say my last word on the DJ Elliot thing. If you're going to run Star Wars themed remixes and you're not going to grab from Geek Remixed, you've already screwed up. Yeah, you're already you already failed. Sorry, DJ Elliot. Yeah, you're 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 behind the game. I'm sorry. Like you you kept running that Imperial March remix. What the crowd needed was some yub yub. Mm-hmm. They didn't know it, but they needed that yub yub. You didn't give them the yub yub. That messed you up. Anyway, yub yub so- is a cl- crowd pleaser. Indeed. So uh, what did you guys think when BB-8 rolled out? I'm going to go first, Brian. Uh, I lost my mind. I didn't know. I thought this was all digital effects. I didn't know that they that somebody figured out. And we've talked about this on the show. How, how are you going to balance this head on top of a rolling ball? And how is this going to be? And BB-8 rolled out on stage, and I about lost my mind. I'm like, <laughs> it exists. It's real. I'm 10 years old. I want it. Yeah. What about you, Brian? The magic was back. No, I... So... I almost didn't believe Mark Hamill when Mark Hamill was like, no, that thing's real. Mm-hmm. And then when it rolls out on stage, um, yeah, I had a hard time believing it. And then <laughs> the fact that it was actually like performing and, and BB-8 and R2 were kind of having like a little snit on stage. Yeah. Why are the droids um, always so, uh, so mean to each other? Droid Same supremacy, thing. Bobby. I guess, yeah, but they're very territorial, apparently. They're worse than house cats when you introduce them to each other. The yeah. first thing they start doing is beeping and hissing at each other. Well, remember, weird. Chopper pushed that one right off the, the ghost. That's the only thing that would have made that situation better is to see Chopper out there just shoving both of them. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been weird because J.J. Abrams would be like, what's, what, I don't know what this weird what, trash what can is. Yeah, what droid is this? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with this one. Did someone lose a droid? Just stop the panel for a second. Someone come and get their lost droid, please. Whatever this couple of Jawas just, just all over the place. A couple of Jawas <laughs> just come out, shoot him, yeah. <laughs> cart him off. Actually, why why weren't we planning celebration? That would have been a cool thing. That would r- rather than the host telling us about the first time he saw Star Wars, which I thought was I thought that was cool, and it's a thing that we do here on the show quite a bit. But that would have been nicer if instead of him telling the story about the sweaty theater that he saw Star Wars in for the first time, uh, Chopper came out, and then some Jawas had to shoot him and drag him off the stage. I think that would have been a little bit more entertaining. I think but. it was very it was also very complimentary of people that came up to me afterwards and asked why I wasn't the one hosting that instead of the guy <laughs> from EW. My answer was that well, I'm not from EW. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. That's yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna. I mean, if they were gonna get some podcast hosts, yeah, maybe. Hopefully, I would. I would hope that they'd they would have thought of Brian Young, 
But uh, yeah, if, if they're going to get someone from EW, then yeah, no, none of the podcasters yeah. really shot. <laughs> they're they're going to get the journalist. They're going to get the guy from the major magazine that you know they're going to be pouring a bunch of stuff. In. As a matter of fact, I believe there's going to be an article on Celebration in the in the upcoming Entertainment Weekly. So I would imagine he probably that's, wrote it. That's what I heard too. So uh, that all happened. Uh, actors from the new movie came out. Actors from the old movies came out. Everybody was celebrating at Celebration. And then... Do you want to continue on what happened, or we want to get to the end of that panel? <laughs> well, I, what, what 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 did you guys think when the the actors came out and when Anthony Daniels came out? Like, were you getting suitable jolts of both nostalgia and amazement that this was actually happening right there in front of you? I think had I been in the room, I probably would have had that jolt. But just watching mm-hmm. it on on the the big screen TV or the projector in the room I was at, it was it was ho hum. It was something I've seen before. It wasn't that big a deal to me. I was grateful Anthony Daniels didn't come out and make everyone do the Ewok worship thing that he's done at Celebrations Past. <laughs> um, so I was really grateful for that. But I actually got a little choked up when Mark Hamill, uh, you know, when Mark Hamill was like, you know, we've been doing this so long. You're all so great. You're not just fans. You're family. That was a nice sentiment. I did like that. Um, I, I like that uh, he he flustered the guy from EW because he didn't wait for he didn't wait his turn to be announced. He was like, "I'm helping Peter Mayhew get to his seat." Yeah, I'm a good guy, so yeah. He did. yeah. <laughs> like I could stand in the wings and wait for my own singular ovation, but uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to help Peter Mayhew get to his seat. He's a and Jedi. Like, he helps people. Yeah, that is really cool. I yeah. I really like that part. That I don't know if that got its own pop. I think people were sort of surprised and taken aback. But that that for me was like the first real big grin. Of the well, except for BB eighty eight or BB eight, who basically upstaged everything about the panel except for the trailer. Yeah, and that's well, whoa. And there was there was a lot of talk too that wasn't in the trailer that I haven't seen a lot of people talking about, like various tidbits that were confirmed that that now they were at the panel. No one's talked about them in that context, but like this is the first place we learned about uh, the name of the planet that it's not mm-hmm. Tatooine. It's Jakku. Um, that's where we learned that uh, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray, is actually a scavenger who lives on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we learned that Finn is indeed a stormtrooper. He's not in disguise. He is a stormtrooper of the First Order. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, and Poe Dameron is a cocky, arrogant pilot who thinks he's the best in the frigging galaxy. Yeah. And then they rolled the trailer, and then everyone forgot all of those things. <laughs> What what was it like for you, Bobby, when they played the trailer? Um, as nice as the panel was, and it actually went pretty smoothly, considering how convention panels can just be uh, a zoo and a mess. And there were little aspects of that um, uh, as well. People who think panels are for them to scream from the audience as opposed to sitting and watch the people who everyone is wanting to watch. Um, there was a little bit of that, and that got tamped down as the panel went on. Um, but... I don't want to say it was ho-hum, but it was definitely like, they're going to show the trailer. They can't not show the trailer. They haven't said they're going to show the trailer, but everyone knows they're going to show the trailer. Uh, And they teased it out. They they teased it out pretty well. Uh, And then the trailer drops, and uh, everyone's seen the reaction videos to those. Like, you know, Father Roderick Von Hogan's reaction video. I posted a a reaction video compilation. But uh, that's, that's pretty accurate to how I think a lot of people took that it wasn't just people, you know, play acting on YouTube or, or, you know, pumping up their emotions so that they can get more shares. Like there were a lot of people who literally woke up. There was, <laughs> there was a great picture. Special. There was a great picture on 
Steve Sansweet's Facebook page uh, mm-hmm. little little after it happened, and Steve's standing there watching the trailer, and he kind of has his arm, his hands clasped together near his face, like like a little kid watching it. Like he is so into the trailer, and it takes him back. And I think that that picture for me summed up the trailer. Yeah, like that picture, uh, Father Roderick von Hogan's reaction. That is that was magical, honestly. And he's been putting in so much work uh, for fandom for like 15 years now. I remember him from when he did the virtual edition and we talked about that on a, on a previous show, Father Roderick's uh virtual edition, which is one of the uh first ways people tried to, you know, feed spoilers into their brain back in 98-99. Um seeing him transform from this from from that priest, right? <laughs> from the man of the cloth into like a 6-year-old on Christmas Eve. That and you see it happen completely. Well, I love- utterly it's 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 amazing i loved his reaction where like at first i mean here's this guy in a in a priest's collar right he's like what do we have here i'm putting on my headphones this is amazing oh wow oh and by the end of it he's just like oh my god oh my god he's quivering like yeah he's he's a priest like Mm. invoking the lord's name in vain (laughs) because (laughs) that trailer was so good and one of the uh the things that i think i got from my perspective on the outside, as opposed to you guys being like being in the room and being part of that, that cheer being part of that vibe as the trailer is playing. Uh, I won't know what that feels like, but on the other hand, having that footage beam back to us and getting to watch you guys as you were watching it, because that was one of the first videos that got uploaded uh, was the footage of you guys watching the trailer as it played on that big screen and seeing how you guys popped and watching basically the waves roll over you guys as the footage was playing. That was uh, that was chill inducing more for me again, more so than the actual trailer itself. The trailer did give me, give me some chills. I didn't cry like Brian did. And Brian's been trying to shake me for not crying I, ever it since. It wasn't, it wasn't just that I was crying. It's that I was next to Amy, right? Yeah. I was uh-huh. like next to Amy and Chris Taylor and like uh, Lucas Siegel. And we're all in this press row and we're all sobbing. Like it was so overwhelming <laughs> that, that we were all just there crying mm-hmm. our little eyes out. And yeah. I don't, I didn't want to shame you for not <laughs> crying. I understand that some people have emotions that work differently than mine. Yeah. But, yeah. I do suspect you of being a replicant. That's all. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, watching you guys react to that thing uh, in the theater, that was, that was pretty special. I like that. I think that was a, a moment uh, that I got to enjoy a little bit more than you guys. Like you guys were just feeling it, but I got to watch you guys feeling it. And that, that gave that, that transferred some of those feels onto me. A Even bit. more feels for you because it was double feels. So, yes, it- <laughs> so we get to the part where we see Han and Chewie and Han says, we're home. Mm-hmm. What did you think at that very moment? Did you think, where is their home? Are they back on the Falcon? Where are they at? What's going on? What, were your, what was your thought process? My thought process, and it's going to be shameful because I've been, uh, I've been standing at the wall <laughs> like Jon Snow trying to protect you guys from spoilers. Uh, my first thought was, this absolutely is the audio that leaked last night. Uh, someone had told me that audio was faked. and so when that moment comes up i'm mildly distracted because the first thing i'm thinking is oh no someone was wrong on the internet this was actually the audio that leaked (laughs) see this is why this is why i'm glad you're here bobby so you can you can shield me from these spoilers i know i take these hits so you guys don't have to um but no uh they're obviously on the falcon right that's what that looks like to me unless it's unless it's the outrider 
I'm not coming from the aspect of like I again I'm super spoiled and if you guys aren't listening to rumor control and you don't want to be spoiled don't listen to rumor control but if you have listened to rumor control you know that I have a pretty decent idea what that's about but even if I didn't that's the Falcon that's obviously the Millennium Falcon can I just say one thing about rumor control before you continue Bobby yeah go ahead Bobby puts in the show notes every time he does a rumor control don't go to Brian Amy or Mike with your spoiler ideas or any of these things, email me directly. Please yeah. do that. Please. <laughs> I opened up. I opened up a couple of emails after like the last rumor control. Yeah. And I'm like, please guys, just listen for once, please. <laughs> no, I say it in the show. I put it in the show notes. Are people still emailing you with their questions? That sucks. Yes. Don't do that, guys. I Don't. will. I will say we did hear also like people came up and they were like, Tell Bobby, thank you for rumor control. Yes, I, I have to admit that that did happen quite a bit. People said that rumor control has been a big help for them. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, if I had made it to celebration, I'm going to tell you, I would be kind of nervous to have been in in the room with people from like I Lucasfilm Ninjas probably would have had me on on site. Hey, like, there I, were a lot worse offenders that showed uh, up and had a great time than you, okay. Bobby. All right, but I'm I'm always nervous about those things. I'm Italian. I, we we sit with our backs. Eh, forget about it. Backs to the wall. Yeah. Well, make sure you can see all the entrance and exits. You know, that's just sort of, that's sort of how I am. But no, yeah, like it, it seems obvious to me that he was talking about being back on the Falcon. Why has he not been on the Falcon? That's a question. That's that's a head scratcher. But Lando Chewie, just kept it. He never gave it back to him. <laughs> but Chewie, we're home means not only that it's got it's got a double meaning, as does Luke's dialogue, which became <laughs> the most debated line in right? Star Wars history for about a week straight. Which is interesting because the scene that that line comes from uh, is one of Star Wars' worst scenes ever. So it's I, one so, of my like, favorites, Bobby I, Roberts. I'll have yeah, you know I, that's one of my that's one of my top ten. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's a terrible scene. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not fun to watch. It doesn't mean no, it doesn't have power behind it. No, well, it has even more See? power now. I sort of like how that line of dialogue was taken from that terrible scene and then reclaimed and turned into something that is evoking a ton of emotions uh, in people. But didn't no, it Chewie sound were, like to you, though? Didn't it sound like they had the... know of emotions? Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> you have no tears. You have no heart. Didn't it sound like to you like they took the original audio and then they re-recorded... Mark Hamill saying it again, like it was kind of dubbed over, so you couldn't be sure. Yeah, uh, he he talked about it. We might as well just go ahead and address this now because it has been basically the the sole point of contention ever since that trailer came out. Who who is Luke talking to? Luke's talking to somebody, right? That's a line of dialogue. A lot of people seem to have forgotten that the dialogue came straight from Return of the Jedi. All of it. It's not they didn't make up a new last line because a lot of people thought that too. All of it is audio from Return of the Jedi. Uh, you have that power too. Is just clipped from earlier uh, in the same speech that Luke is giving to Leia. Luke is talking to Leia from Return of the Jedi. In that, he's not talking to anybody else in the cast. It's not a line of dialogue from the film. Yes, Mark Hamill did re-record something, uh, and what he re-recorded was mixed into the trailer footage itself. But it's okay. all still the same lines of dialogue from Return of the Jedi. All right, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy. By no, you're not. That. All right, and, and he said so. He said as much on uh, the panel that he did with James Arnold Taylor that he did go back and re-record. I'm, cons- I, I think he might have actually flip-flopped. Uh, he said that JJ used his new recording, but only as reverb. But when I listened to the the trailer, it sounds like JJ used the new recording and then used the original take back in 1983 as the reverb. I, I, well, it sounds like Mark got it flip-flopped when he was explaining it on stage. It's a simple thing- mistake. 
I don't think he was in on the cutting of it, so it seems like an easy mistake to make. The thing that 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 caught me up is that like just a little like I knew the dialogue was all lifted straight from Jedi, all of it. Um, and I knew it was out of order slightly, Mm -hmm. but the way a couple of the words were said were definitely new. So that's what I think threw me off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. I mean, I had I was forced to go on the record about what I thought about all this after having seen it only twice mm-hmm. and then having to frame by frame it without the benefit of any audio. So, I, have to say, I have to say, I'm glad that threw you off. I'm also glad to say, Bobby, did you listen to the live show? Uh, yes, I did. I, I, I loved my favorite part of doing the live show uh, was towards the end when I said to, to Brian, what did Luke ever do? And Brian gets this look on his face, this flabbergasted i don't even know how to respond to that you moron look on his face it was fantastic oh man no yeah these uh, are the faces i make every time we record the show you just don't have the benefit of seeing them all right so in effort to keep things moving we wanted to talk about a couple things tonight do we want to touch up on the uh the trailer at all anymore uh no uh chewy we're home not only means they got back on the falcon but it also means we're all back uh, in a in a realm of Star Wars that seems sort of comfortable and familiar to us, and also uh, you know a, a nice tinge of new, like it it feels comfy, but it's also exciting because we've never gone this place before in Star Wars. So that's what Chewie, we're home means. We're home, but home definitely looks a little bit different than we it, last remembered. It, it. felt good. It felt that, good watching. Yeah, I I, 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 I do have it. one question for Bobby. So like I know you made it to the Coffee Kenobi panel, but I had to race over to like be on the live stream to break the trailer down yeah yeah which you can and, see go to star wars uh go to star wars youtube channel i believe they have it uploaded still you can go yeah, and they Brian, uh Farachi, they clipped it down yeah and peter serretta going through the trailer frame by frame it's pretty fun um well that's what i was going to ask like from an internal perspective like a especially the ending it felt a little awkward because they were like okay just go up and go yeah and uh like they didn't give us an exit strategy it was just like milk for time do everything you can <laughs> Um, and I don't know if you could tell, but we were milking for time. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering how that played, like sitting there watching the, uh, the live stream where you like, what, what was, I, I imagine you watched most of the live stream. Yeah, I I I, uh, I kept checking back on the live stream. Uh, we're basically counting down like the five moments of celebration and how it played to you guys and how it played to me. And yeah. this is obviously number one. Uh, I was watching the live stream quite a bit. Uh, the first thing I thought is uh, again. It's this sort of the it sort of highlights the difference between how you guys were experiencing celebration and how I was experiencing celebration. You guys were just sort of basking in the warm glow of the trailer having happened, and then Brian had to go and sort of dissect it. And all of you guys were sort of doing your best to try and dissect it, knowing that you were on Star Wars' YouTube channel, trying to make sure you didn't like curse. Uh, or say something <laughs> derogatory or mean spirited or anything. So it was fun watching you guys all sort of, and then interacting with people you've never interacted with before in real life, that whole sort of deal. Um, but, but what we were doing on this side was uh, going at each other with claws out to try and determine who was more wrong about <laughs> what their interpretation of the trailer was and trying to dig up as many details as we could to sort of place where the, the dialogue comes from. And the, like the first thing Peter Serretta says in the trailer breakdown is wrong. Like he says, they didn't use any new music and that's all re-recorded music. (laughs) Like they absolutely re-recorded cues, uh, glued them together specifically to match this trailer. John Williams recorded new music. It's old cues, but they're new interpretations of those cues rearranged specifically for the trailer. So the first thing Soretta says is wrong. 
then that sort of encapsulates what my experience was uh, watching the live stream as opposed to your experience being in the live stream because you guys were just enjoying it and having that conversation that fans will have if they're in a room and they've just been excited as hell. And what we are doing on the other side of the glass is trying to deconstruct everything to the nth degree and put it all back together again. Uh, so we can, that's how so, we will feel involved. We're not there. So in order now, for us to feel as involved as you guys are, we have to take it apart and rebuild it ourselves. Brian. Now that I have you though, how, what was the most wrong thing I said in that thing? <laughs> I don't think you said, I can't think of anything wrong that you said off the top of my head. Um, I was, I was sort of admiring of you and your, uh, your religion of the prequels way, uh, that the first thing you opened with was noting how one of the shots uh, in the Force Awakens teaser two mirrors how they chose to open the Phantom Menace trailer. Like I, I was, that like, was relevant. It was relevant. I was just sort of like, damn, straight out the gate. He's got the prequel stuff loaded. Bobby's going to go loaded. back through and deconstruct it, Brian. He'll let you know. <laughs> I was like, that That made, I, I golf clapped. I was like, that's pretty strong. That's pretty that's strong. Brian Young good, for good you. Job, so then yeah. we, uh, the, to, to move on, we then had the Rebels panel and the Rebels trailer that was going around, which I didn't get to see the Rebels trailer until... What five minutes before we did the live show? So we have some we have some really great audio of me watching the trailer and my reactions to it. I didn't post it because it because I kind of kind of was embarrassed because I sounded like a little girl. But put put it at the end of the show. All right, yeah, we'll put it at the end. When of the, the show. music fades out, tack it at the end of the show like you did with the last live show. Tack that experience at the end of the show. All right, I'll I do that. Hear. Okay. So the the that trailer uh, just absolutely blew my mind because we talked at length about. Uh, Rebels after the the season ended about that we wouldn't see too much of Ahsoka we wouldn't see too much Vader and then I'm watching this trailer and I'm like oh my dear lord seeing a lot of stuff yeah um, are you, what, what, um, yes Brian are you caught up on Rebels who me yes you no the other I know Mike's caught up he was next <laughs> to me yeah no yeah I'm I'm all the way caught up yeah so how did that trailer affect you I mean like I can tell you how it was for me in the room uh, mm -hmm. especially like that trailer was so affecting to people in the room. They're doing a piece on StarWars.com I got asked to contribute about, about just the, the moment they revealed Rex. They're doing a whole piece on that. So awesome. This was one of the times where being a live streamer sort of bit me. Um, being a live streamer, I can rewind. I can watch things multiple times. That's a luxury you guys didn't have. Um, I watched you know Teaser 2 quite a few times that day um, and got my chills and such. I think I watched the Rebels teaser actually more than I watched Force Awakens that first day. I have to be honest and with I, you, I did too. <laughs> and there was something about James Earl Jones being a menacing Darth Vader yeah. again that had me going like, whoa, they are not messing this up. They are doing exactly what I would hope they would do with Darth Vader on Rebels, which is make him a menace, make yeah. him a real serious I presence. Will... You can tell just from the just from the teaser itself. And you saw the the premiere, yes? I don't want to talk. I did. Awesome. I, the only thing, the only thing I want to say, Bobby, is that you will be pleasantly pleased. You'll be pleased. Good. Vader has never been scarier on screen. Ever. Good. Good. Yeah. Ever. No, yeah. Ever. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't. Even, I can I don't want to leave any spoilers out there for the people who haven't seen the the, the premiere yet because yeah. that's going to happen this summer. But so. wow. Yeah, they haven't even scheduled, so I don't want to touch too much on what it is Brian might or might not have seen. I know there's going to be people reviewing it like point by point, and there are going to be people who are trying to stay spoiler-free and do the dance of, of talking about what they did. And Brian's review of it is actually very good at getting across the feel of the thing without really delving too much into plot or specific details. So, I mean, you can, you can get an idea of the vibe of the room by reading Brian's review 
of the Rebels premiere, but just the the trailer itself. I watched that quite a bit, and I had to rewatch it um, at least two or three times because that is one of the few times that the Star Wars stream screwed up. Um, when they went to throw to the teaser from the panel or the trailer from the Rebels panel, sure. um, they cut back to the floor. <laughs> so the audio from the from the trailer was playing, and even then it was like only the audio from the back channels. So it was just music. We weren't getting any dialogue or sound effects. And then they just cut outside. They, they cut to a bunch of people milling around the, the floor and <laughs> hanging out at the cantina. And <laughs> cantina the chat cool. window, which I normally close. I, I'd forgotten to close the chat window because whenever I'm watching any sort of live streaming, the first thing I immediately do is close the chat window because, good God, you think YouTube comments <laughs> are a cesspool. Um, the chat is ridiculous and useless. It's pointless. I, it's, I'm, it's an appendix dude, to the internet that should be snipped out before it bursts with poison and murders all of us in our sleep. You know, I'm curious now to see like if there's any way to replicate the live chat from like oh, God, the no. other. I I'm cu- because I've I've read the YouTube comments on the trailer breakdown and yeah. I've never been called more neck bearded in my life. <laughs> yeah, which I wasn't getting. Um, no, you don't want to see the chat. It's just penises, man. Okay. This is an anti-Semitic jokes and all sorts of awfulness. It's just don't don't look. Okay. At the okay. I, but for whatever reason, I had not closed the chat window. I was just so uh, intent on paying attention to what was happening at the panel and listening to to Freddie talk and tell stories and give Dave Filoni some crap. Uh, and then I I looked at the they flipped. They were. They were like the monkeys at the beginning of 28 Days Later. It, that was sort of amusing. So not only am I just watching, I'm hearing Star Wars music, but looking at the cantina while I know the Rebels trailer is supposed to be playing. Uh, and then I'm watching, you know, a bunch of rage-filled monkeys beat at their cage and poop <laughs> themselves in the chat window. At How dare you mess up this technical thing that we didn't even know we were going to be privileged to have two days ago. Right. That were- for free from work when we should be actually being productive members of society yeah i know so that that was pretty amusing i would think besides that and the announcement of the new movie coming out a couple years ago those were probably the two biggest days in the history of the world where people didn't do anything at work and the country lost billions of dollars (laughs) it definitely slowed down production i'm i'm Sort of surprised you have the PR announcement that says how much work was actually stopped because people were streaming the Star Wars panels. Uh, well, but- we did get one uh, one uh, economic indicator that apparently Disney's stock shot up two billion dollars the, the day they released that second trailer. Yeah, the the market so- corrected it, it corrected itself by the next day, but yes, just apparently just from watching the trailer. Uh, Disney stock went up billions, and it's amazing because you heard no, you'd heard nothing but these kind of comments. Well, you know, I always thought that Disney was going to do it right. Oh, I'm totally backing Disney on this one. Which was until that trailer, you didn't hear that. You heard the opposite of that. Yeah, and it was funny. We're talking about the Force Awakens trailer again because it's we're never not going to. It's going to drift back up because it's very well made, especially for Star Wars fans. I do want to call attention to the fact that um, I'm going to keep bringing up my wife because she's not a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, um, the first trailer worked on her because of that pop, because of that new. It was like J.J. Abrams is giving me something that looks fairly exciting, and I think that's going to be a fun time. The second trailer didn't work on her as well. And I think it's because that while, while the first trailer is, is intended to pop 
and intended to hit you in the face with a bunch of new and then give you a little bit of familiar at the end. But even when they gave you the familiar, you know, the Falcons doing loop-de-loops and there's crazy <laughs> camera moves and everything, right? Um, this is absolutely for people who know what Star Wars is already and have an experience with Star Wars. And this trailer is almost perfectly designed to pull every ounce of goodness that you, that you have inside of you for Star Wars and bring it to the front. Um, and since she's not that big of a Star Wars fan, like, you know, Chewie, we're home didn't work like it worked on apparently the entire rest of the world like they all melted into puddles at old man han saying chewy we're a home um and since star wars is as big a phenomenon as it is i think it makes absolute sense that uh being told that you're home by a smiling warm old harrison ford would cause markets around the country be like Oh man, this Star Wars thing is going to be way bigger than we thought it was, and I, th- I think that's what you ended up seeing. Like everyone sort of, everyone got an idea that what we had thought Star Wars was going to be like in December, we we were being way too conservative. <laughs> it's going to be a lot bigger than we had thought. Um, I I just love the idea that like it wasn't just you sitting there like in your newsroom. Yeah. You know, watching the live stream, but like, so are all of the straight laced, button down mm-hmm. Wall Street tycoons that are like, "Ooh, this Star Wars thing." I remember enjoying that when I used to be human. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and they're watching it, and they're like, "Perhaps I should invest in Disney after all. This looks <laughs> thrilling." It readjust the monocle, pull the neckerchief out. Yeah, it was it was something. That Rebels trailer, though, honestly, I do believe. I think I watched that more than the Force Awakens trailer. Yeah. Just the way the way it was cut together, the way it was set up. Uh, yeah, intru- it sort of reinforces the idea that I had gotten near the end of season one, which is that they decided maybe not to be so much Rebels, but to be a, a Clone Wars sequel. And I'm perfectly cool with that. I'm absolutely 100% cool with that. Like it was trying to be its own thing uh, early in season well, one, and that and that movie worked fairly well. But we've talked about it. Like I felt the show plateaued after like season three and never really got back on an uptick until the last two or three episodes of the season, which started to feel a little bit more serial and started to feel a lot more like the vibe of the Clone Wars. Uh, and then the season two teaser hits, and I'm just sort of like, oh, it's. They're continuing Clone Wars. This is just straight up Clone Wars, but with a slightly different well, see, art style. I feel a little bit differently about that. When I watched the trailer and then we watched the uh, the premiere, it feels more to me like Episode Four, where it yeah. feels like authentic Star Wars. They're to me, I, and I'm, everything everybody that asked me about it, they they put that those feels back from that time, and it feels like I'm watching classic Star Wars, and I'm invested in what Vader's doing, and I'm invested on who's fighting him and what's going on. And I don't know, Brian, what do you think? I think um, I I, I kind of had the same the same feeling watching the trailer, and then when I watched the premiere, I really felt like Filoni was walking a tightrope, mm-hmm. where he wants to pay the cast and crew that they've created. Like, I mean, they're committed to following the crew of the Ghost on this show, but they're also committed to opening up the galaxy and widening it out. And bringing in characters like Ahsoka and Vader and Hondo and uh, Captain Rex from Clone Wars, but they're balancing it in a way where it's still it's still Rebels, but they're tying Mm -hmm. up threads from Clone Wars where it doesn't feel obtrusive. Oh, it it, it definitely connects Clone Wars to the to the original uh, trilogy. I think, yeah, I think they're doing a great job with it. But you're right; it it is it is a fine line, 
And either way, I think he could disappoint a lot of people. I think I think the marriage that he has going on right now, from what we saw, I, I'm I'm on board. Well, I was mm-hmm. going to be on board I'm, anyway, but I'm really on board. No, yeah, I'm very much anticipating season two of Rebels now. Very much anticipating it. Um, that that trailer worked. Seriously, James Earl Jones. Like at first, I was like, "Do they get a really good James Earl Jones sound alike?" And then, like the next line of dialogue he delivers, I'm like, "Oh, the man is back. The man knows what he is doing in that sound booth. This is good. You this are is- you are so set up, Bobby, for when this does get when this does this premiere does happen, which I think is summer. It was announced that they're yeah, going to release this." They don't have a date yet. There's going to be a, a scene in particular, a fight scene in particular, that you as a Star Wars fan and, and listening to you talk about Star Wars all these years, I think mm-hmm. you, you know how you're not, I'm not saying that you're not nostalgic or you're not, you know, emotional. <laughs> you're the, uh, you're, you're a clone yeah. yourself or you're just a robot, but I replicant. think, yeah, a replicant. I think that when you see this particular scene, I think mm-hmm. you're going to be eight year old Bobby. I really, yeah. really do. Cool. Very cool. Well, I'm I'm definitely very much looking forward to it. Well, and move and moving right along. Yeah, uh, speaking of trying to feel like an eight year old watching these action sequences go on in front of you and being transformed into that little kid where you're running around playing rebels and imperials, um, we should talk about the battlefront panel. We really because, should because that was that was huge. Oh. <laughs> that was monstrous on I, Saturday. Like we were like I was trying to tell you about how we on the other side of the glass immediately started to dissect and part out every second of the force awakens teaser and put it back together so we could make sense of it. That was, that was nothing. That was like putting together an Ikea table with all of the instructions and a full set of tools. Huh. What, what the, the kids did <laughs> sounds so old. Those what kids. the kids did to the battlefront teaser <laughs> and the battlefront panel uh, while you guys were sitting there watching it, is astounding. They swarmed over that thing like ants to try and dissect every pixel of what they had been shown. Like that was what I was watching on this side. It was nuts watching so, people devour it and then regurgitate it with all sorts of analysis, facts, uh, speculation. It was absolutely crazy to watch so, that go down. I didn't get to make it to the battlefront stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of my information was like secondhand from other journalists who had been able to catch it. Yeah. Um, and what I heard from them was so enthusiastically imparted onto me that I'm like seriously considered considering buying a PS4 and getting Battlefront. No, 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 no. Get an Xbox have, One because then we can play together. <laughs> I'm sure it can cross platforms. No, it doesn't cross platforms. No, but that's Xbox One is not playing nice on that note. Now PS4 and PC might cross platforms which is cool because i game on pc baby and that's going to that game is going to look this is like sophie's choice it really is but it's the fact that it is it is a gaming to giving up a child to the nazis that's not at all it's the same thing it's the exact same thing who am i which system am i going to buy to who am i going to play with mike or bobby this is awful go with pc baby i'll probably play it more brian but the thing the (laughs) thing is the fact that it's not there is no campaign the fact that it's uh all co-op and online and just how the trailer looks the graphics the just the trailer catches you because you see a chicken walker and that gets all messed up and then you see the addict come in and you're like oh those were those rebels are done for now and then y wings come in and blow that up and then the smoke clears and you see the saber and you hear the breathing and and you pretty much just want to, I'm going to say poop yourself, because I try to make this a kid's show. 
Um, yeah. No, there wow. there are a lot of people who came away from that trailer and they seemed sort of forgetful that it was for a video game. <laughs> the, the way it played, the way it looked, and that is of course uh, a big bit of controversy because it looks so good. People are like, "There's no way it's going to look like that when you're online with 40 other people in the middle of a campaign. There's no way it's going to look like that." And the truth is, no, it's not actually going to. And look that's like okay. That. That's okay. It's, but it's going to look pretty close. It's going to look alarmingly close. People aren't. They're using some very interesting technologies to make it look almost as good as that uh, that in-engine uh, movie was. That movie was in-engine. They didn't just fake some stuff. They didn't go and get Blur Studios to make a really cool CG movie and then play it for you. Like The engine for this game can make things look that good, but they can't make it look that good while you are playing with like 30 other people yeah. online across the country. It's, so, not, it's not going to look it, that good. It's going to look here's the thing. Cool. Like... I don't care how good it looks. It looks better than my Wii U. Yeah. Right? And I don't even get, like, immersive, uh, being immersed like that, like, we've talked about this before. Like, my favorite Star Wars moment in a video game is the uh, battle for Endor on the GameCube. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't need, I, I, I don't need the immersive graphics. It looks like it's going to be fun. But the thing I'm most excited about. Well, to be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Okay. Uh, the Rogue Squadron games on GameCube are still some of the most graphically amazing games that have ever been released. And that's, you know, we're almost 20 years out from those things being released. We're not that, okay, more like 15. But still, those games yeah. are still ridiculously good looking and not just for the era. They're just really good yeah. looking. So, but anyway, um, but it's that because the story group is involved, Mm-hmm. We have things in this game that we'll be able to do that tie into the Force Awakens. Yeah, the Battle of Jakku is going to be DLC, is it not? Yep, it first is, week. and it it's going to be dropped, I believe, December first, and we're going to be able to play that. And this is a battle that takes place in the weeks after the battle for Endor, mm-hmm. and we're going to see that Star Destroyer from yeah. the trailer come down onto the planet, and we're yeah. going to get to play that and You're play in that playground. A couple Star Destroyers are probably going to crash to the ground in that campaign, I would imagine. Like, you're going to have to pull some very big ships out of the sky somehow, or at least get out of the way before they land on you. And that's, that's going to be interesting. That's How about when the st- Falcon flew into the friggin' the, the, exo- <laughs> the, I can't even talk because it, it's amazing to me when it goes through the thrusters and it's fight, it's being chased. And what did you think about that? I, I hate to go back to that trailer, but I can't. No, don't, don't, don't hate, don't apologize. Be happy that we can, we're talking about new Star Wars footage. Um, another way to sort of highlight the difference between you guys being there and just sort of having to to sort of live in the moment uh, versus us on the other side hunched over our keyboards uh, is that that moment got turned into a punchline rather quickly because someone took a still image of the Falcon flying into the exhaust from the back of that Super Star Destroyer and then uh, put in the the two guys with the comb from Spaceballs at the very bottom. <laughs> I did see that online. I also saw something. I didn't read into it too much, but somebody was posting it as a Craigslist ad. Oh, yeah, for the Star Destroyer? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the other big trailer, I don't think you got to see legally, Bobby, did you? Not legally. Not not <laughs> legally. Not legally. But no matter how hard security tries to crack down on anybody with a tiny little mobile computer in their pocket that is also able to make calls, uh, stuff is going to get out. Uh, and yes, the Rogue One panel, all the images and the video 
eventually got uploaded in potato phone versions to YouTube. So I, I saw what was presented there. Yes, I did. That trailer was incredible. Not <laughs> least of not least of which because we didn't expect anything because they haven't even shot anything. Yeah. So like I went into that panel going like what are we gonna I, see here? I hope to gain slightly more information than I have currently, which is next to zero. Mm-hmm. And that they showed us anything made me very happy. And yeah. that they showed us something that was so tonally cool. Mm-hmm. And then they showed it to us repeatedly. Yeah. Was very lovely. No, Gareth Gareth Evans has a really good Edwards. handle. Edwards. 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 That's right. Yeah, Gareth Evans is the guy that does the raid. Yeah. And the raid guy and there will be raid guys working on the Force Awakens. It all ties back in. Uh Gareth Edwards is really good at scale. Amazingly good at making big things seem really big. Uh, in a way that I don't think Guillermo del Toro, del Toro did all that well in Pacific Rim. I like Pacific Rim. I think it's a fun movie. But there are times so, when you when you watch that movie and the robots and the kaiju uh, don't really fill you with the sense of awe that Gareth Edwards was able to make you feel when you did get to see Godzilla in Godzilla. And everyone thought that Gareth Edwards was going to get the job because of his work on Godzilla. And so people were like, maybe there's going to be a big old monster. Uh, maybe there's going to be some really fantastical stuff in there. And it turns out they got Gareth Edwards because they liked what he did with the military in Godzilla, apparently, because they're, so- he's, he's getting to make a military movie in the Star Wars universe. Can I, for those of you who weren't there, obviously, and since you couldn't see it on the, the live stream, and if you haven't seen it on YouTube, I think uh, mo- most of the links are dead. Lucas, yeah, quick. Can I explain the trailer to those of you who weren't there? I think you should. Let me just say this because I don't really have a lot to add to it. I saw the trailer, and I, I you know, I saw some of the panel, but for me, there was just such an overwhelming force of the first three things that we talked about that I just didn't really. Connect yeah. that yet? It's still it's still two years out, and I'm focusing on what's going on now. And you were tired. You were yes, like, oh, you were week. a little tuckered out. I was I was a little tuckered out. Yes. So uh-huh. tell us about the trailer there. Tell, so, tell us about. Well, it's more like a. Uh, a I don't know. It's 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 a not tease. A progress. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tease. It had, they haven't shot it anything, was, for it, but it gives you an idea of what's what's to come. It was created specifically for this crowd, which is why I don't think we're going to see it anywhere else, and it probably. It might end up as a bonus material thing later on a disc somewhere, if there are even discs by the time this is hitting the home video market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, So it opens up with Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice saying, for over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights, have been, you know, the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Old Republic, before the Dark Times, before the Empire. And this is a movie that Edwards has already said, like, we're not going to see any Jedi in. This is just real people. Mm-hmm. And the camera is panning over a jungle planet that we've never seen before. And as it pans, it's kind of coming up a little bit. There's some local wildlife, some birds making some noises and moving across the frame. And it comes up a little more and you hear a TIE fighter come overhead. And you see it cross toward this valley of trees where you see the outline of a moon. And the camera keeps moving forward until it crests that valley. And you realize that that's no moon. Uh Uh-huh. It's a space uh-huh. station. <laughs> and then it cuts. The, the frame cuts. Just as you're able to perceive, wait, was that the Death Star? Mm-hmm. The camera cuts to the logo, which they've announced. These are called Star Wars Anthology Films. Yeah. And over the sound, over, over the logo that says Star Wars Anthology Rogue One, you hear all of this 
soldier chatter in the microphone, you know, through the walkie talkies, like we need help. We need, there's an extraction we need. And then it all blinks out and then Godzilla as though up. someone's dead. Yeah. And there that's, you have it. That's yeah. I mean, the, it, that's the tease. It's fairly short, but seriously, that, that image, what it, they do the same trick that they do in the force awakens teaser, which is like, you think you're looking at a hill uh, and then the color starts to gradually change and you realize it's a wrecked ship and the sense of scale sort of shocks you into going, oh my goodness. Yeah. They do the exact same thing with the Death Star. Like you kind of get, oh, that's an interesting sky. Well, maybe that's a, oh my jeez. And you really get a sense of <laughs> that would be so ridiculously frightening if it was bearing down on your planet. You sort of get a sense of what it must have felt like. And that was always one of the changes that I wish would have been uh, added to Star Wars. I mean, if you're once you decide that you're going to start making changes to Star Wars, then you know people's imaginations will race. Even if they want to be purists about it, even purists will say, "Well, I think it would kind of look cool if they added this, maybe." And one of the changes I always wanted was like a cut back to Alderaan to see the Death Star filling the the entirety of their sky. That moment would be so dread inducing. We kind of saw it in Spaceballs. <laughs> But they absolutely capture that similar sense of dread in this quick little tease that they showed uh, at the panel. So uh, they they, so they captured it one hundred percent. The problem with trying to glean any information or actually trying to uh, um figure out what this actually means mm-hmm. is it's difficult because this was just something they put together, like. Yeah. The for the Death Star to loom that large in the sky, the moon needs to be the size the, like the, the, the planet you're on needs to be the size of like an apple. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> the other thing is, is like it raises questions if this really is taking place on a jungle planet and maybe in some of the production art is very dark and blue and rainy yeah. um that they it showed like so aliens. It on it honestly yeah. it's a little bit like aliens. So does this mean that this is the Death Star after it's been moved away from Geonosis because they've committed to that in the canon with the uh, uh, the Darth Vader comic? I don't know. Have you finally read Darth Vader number four? I read them all over again on the way out on the flight. Um, have you read it? Um, I didn't. Which, which I'm a huge fan of Kieran Gillen. Uh, actually, that's one of the, the touchstones me and my wife do have. Is She's a very big fan of this comic called Phonogram uh, that Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey uh, did. And I like Kieran Gillen's writing quite a bit. Uh, the, the Wicked and the Divine is one of my favorite comics currently. Um, Phonogram I love. I liked his work on, uh, on the Avengers and X-Men comics. Um, I don't like Darth Vader. I think it's bad writing from him. And so okay. I stopped reading it after the first issue. <laughs> It so, sucked. I was not expecting to be disappointed by Kieran Gillen writing Darth Vader, but I was. So I haven't actually I think picked up after the first you issue. Should, you should keep with it because in the fourth issue, and spoiler alert for anyone who's not read the first issue, the fourth issue yet, mm-hmm. um, Vader is, uh, he's possessed to go to Geonosis. Mm-hmm. And on Geonosis, there on the surface, we find that there's been a massacre. Basically, Palpatine has ordered a genocide of every single Geonosian on that planet because they were there constructing the Death Star. Once that construction was done, they were no longer needed, and because they wanted to keep that intelligent asset, intelligence asset quiet, no soup for you. They murdered everyone. Um, <laughs> soup <and> for soup. <laughs> so, if this is this jungle planet and it seems as though all construction was completed on this bit of trailer but again this doesn't mean anything yeah uh, is this them stealing the plans 
uh, like literally moments before, like, is this going to heighten the timetable that we see them actually destroying the Death Star of them getting the plans out of there? Yeah. Well, and, and it, they did. They did admit that it's about getting the plans. Yes, that was one yes, of the few. Yes, they did. They, yeah. they yeah, said it's unequivocally. A, it's a military operation to get the plans, and that means it's got to be set like what a couple weeks, two, three weeks before uh, Star Wars begins. It, it could be. I mean, technically, it's a prequel, which a lot of people aren't talking about. But we're getting another Star Wars prequel. The first spinoff yeah. is a Star Wars prequel. Um, so people are going to have to. Yeah, yeah I'm, people, I'm. I'm fine with that. Yeah, people are going to have to rethink uh, how the word Star Wars prequel uh, sets off synapses in their brain. Because I mean, the last time we all talked, that's kind of what we were hoping it was going to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm curious as to how this is going to play out because we have a set story. We know how the story ends. They do get the plans. It ends up being the one of the first big victories the Rebel Alliance actually has. Um, I'm really curious to how that's going to play out and and what that means. Um, and I'm also curious as to whether or not they're going to pull from uh, the radio dramas a little bit, because as we talked about on that radio dramas episode we did with David W. Collins of Star Wars Oxygen, um, a lot of star, a lot of the Star Wars radio drama, that first one, happens in that same period. Like it's it's possible. I want Lord it, Tyon. That I'm I'm hoping for Lord Tyon. I'm kind of hoping they pull Lord Tyon out of the legends because the radio dramas are legends now. Pull Lord Tyon out plop them into canon because uh pablo hidalgo on one of the uh i think it was one of the canon panels uh actually mentioned that there are going to be multiple characters getting pulled out of legends and being repurposed for the sake of the new canon so they should be and i and i think he might i took it as him hinting at thrawn is going to show up somewhere i'm i would not be surprised if thrawn shows up in rebels for example but you know characters like lord tyon might pop up in uh rogue one because it's set in exactly the same period and they've already got a rich vein of material from which they can sort of select elements and repurpose them and make them new again. And I'm, that's interesting to me. I'm fairly curious to see how they're going to play the stealing of these plans. Yeah, and again, it's, it's not like I'm not enjoying this conversation. I really am. It's just for me, it's kind of like with the spoilers. Talking yeah. about Rogue One in depth for me is I don't want to miss out on talking about anything that's more now. Like I yeah. don't mind this conversation, Bobby, but it's boring to me. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> if it was boring, I would have said next. But no, it's just it's there's there's a lot. I don't want to miss out on anything because I'm focused yeah. on something. You don't, you, you don't want to diffuse your focus too much. Is what exactly. Can I um one one very hilarious point? Uh, after this all got announced, I was live tweeting the panel because they weren't recording it. Um, <laughs> and I don't know how much of that you were able to follow since you're not on Twitter anymore, Bobby. Well, I know StarWars.com had a live blog, but the tweeters... You say it uh, like like it's a, he's disappointed you. That's like the second <laughs> time. I don't know how much you didn't see what I did, Bobby, because you're not on Twitter. Well, no, not just me. I'm not talking about me. Hulk. You've walked um, away while the Lonely Man theme from Incredible Hulk was playing. <laughs> Callous fool. But uh, a lot of the reaction immediately from people that they were tweeting at me and, and other people in Star Wars was like, I can't, like, where are the Bothans? Like, where are the Bothans? And it took a lot of people reminding even more people, like, that was the second Death Star, yeah, guys. Death Star too. That's Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but they were, um, they were feeling like they were being clever. Yeah. yeah. They're like, well, are they going to they gonna pay attention to the Bothans? All these people in this production art seems human. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, but they got a really good cast. Like, Ben Mendelsohn is probably going to be in the movie. Uh, they're talking to Riz Ahmed and getting him in the movie as well. Like, it seems like Rogue One's going to have a 
very good ensemble cast to to sort of build around a Felicity Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm anticipatory, but I'm also understanding where Mike is coming from in that uh, you don't want to put the cart before the horse too much. And there's so much good stuff uh, constantly being shown to us. And The Force Awakens is, you know, less than a year away. Rebels um, is a couple months away. Yeah. Worrying about Rogue One seems like it's safe to sort of I'm put not, on the back burner. I, I can understand. I'm can not worried about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm, reporting. We report. They yeah, decide. I'm curious about it. <laughs> they decide. I'm, I'm fairly curious about it. All right. So but, uh, talking about crazy things that happened in panels and all that, let's uh, yeah. close up the show with the Carrie Fisher panel. <laughs> that was a stream delight. Um, <laughs> I, I got the sense that I'm not saying that Lucasfilm and StarWars.com are trying to hide the Carrie Fisher panel because you can't really. But I noticed like when they did their closing ceremonies and they had that montage they were playing. Um they didn't show much of Carrie on Carrie's panel. And what they did show was kind of sanitized. They had to censor Carrie <laughs> that, that panel. You guys have watched uh space Ghost coast to coast, right? Yes. You got, have you guys seen the Eric Andre show? Eric Andre. That's the one on YouTube. It, it's on, it's on a, it's, it's on adult. Switch. He's like, it's, he likes interviews people and it's all crazy and messed up. And that's what you talk about. Eric Andre. Yeah. yeah, James Arnold Taylor trying to talk to Carrie Fisher on that panel reminded me of both Space Ghost and the Eric Andre show. That got weird. <laughs> and Brian's lived that firsthand. I have. Oh, I mean, if like I... In the room, dude. What was it like being in the room when that madness was spilling out all over the place? Um, I mean, I wasn't there at Celebration. I mean, part of it was like I had choices to make, and I've already been on stage with her, and I knew it was going to be a train wreck. And I've <laughs> seen her on stage at Celebration before, and she took it to the same place. She got into the incest. She got into weird sexual stuff. Um, she I mean, hell. She kissed a fan for like 15 seconds on stage, dude. Uh, that was at my panel. She just crawled inside that again? mouth. Oh, man, it was nuts. It was crazy. Um, yeah, she, she did, did it at that. Brian's. She did yeah. that at mine too. Like maybe that's just a thing. Like I think I think it is a thing. I honestly believe there I, are guys now who go to that panel for a chance to make out with Princess Leia. That's essentially somebody's going to get herpes at I some only point. Had, I only had like twelve minutes with her, uh-huh. and she took it straight to like I, I asked her about something in Oculus. Like, so you worked on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, writing that? She's like, Yep. I convinced George to have Indy lose his virginity to Matahari, and then she just goes into Indiana Jones losing his virginity. Yeah, and James Arnold Taylor having to fill an hour with her, I can imagine that uh, she was able to dig deeper into those adult themes. He could well, do as many it's... voices as she hears in her head. Well, and it's not even so much what she was saying. Like a lot of my enjoyment on the stream was the camera would cut back to James Arnold Taylor um, and watching him try to figure out how to ride this bicycle. Watching him try to figure out how to keep his hands on the wheel of this car. There's, um, there's no, there's no doing no, it, Terry Fisher. No, it's not. You know how if you've seen Saturday Night Live, you know who Toons is the cat is, yep. and you know how every single one of those sketches is going to end. That's the whole reason the sketch is even written because the cat is going to take the wheel and drive the car off a cliff. That's my cat's name, by the way, Toons is. He was trying so hard. To be Phil Hartman in those sketches, and Carrie Fisher was like, "No, Toonses is here. <laughs> <laughs> Toonses is in charge right now," and that was glorious. I, I mean, the the panel itself seems to be getting, uh, you know, a little bit backburnered, a little bit cut down. Like they don't really reference it 
uh, all that much. And they didn't during the, the closing ceremonies. But good God, that was one of the highlights for me. Watching that thing just spin out of control and sort of not just Carrie Fisher being Carrie Fisher and, and not giving a damn, uh, but sort of letting all the air out of the the sort of reverent feel that a lot of people have at celebration and then they rightfully have it i'm not saying that there's a wrong and a right way to enjoy your convention but there's there's definitely a sort of a dome around celebration and it's a dome of hugs more or less and and everyone there are a lot of hosts who basically learned that all you have to do is say a phrase or two and the crowd will eat you up and yeah. the crowd will love you to death and you can get a lot of frankly cheap pops uh, and conventions are sort of wired to work that way. You just say a thing, the crowd recognizes the thing that you said, and they go, oh, that's a thing I recognize! Yay! And they just randomly cheer you. Uh, and a lot of people get drunk on that because it's easy to get drunk on, to have a crowd go that nuts from simply like throwing two syllables out of your throat. Um, and that Carrie Fisher panel let some of the air out of that and made the convention feel a lot more alive, at least from watching the stream uh, than it was at other times during the convention. Because I mean, conventions can be button down affairs. Uh, conventions can be a little uh, sycophantic at times, but Carrie Fisher's panel that there was some rawness there. <laughs> there was definitely some, there was some excitement going on because you didn't know what was going on and you didn't know exactly how this car was going to get crashed, but you did know that by the end of the panel, it was going to be beautiful rubble at the bottom of the crevasse. And you ju- you were just trying to figure out how you were going to get there. And that was fun to watch for me. How, how great is it that Brian can be like Pee Wee and Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I don't need to see the end. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> you were in that car when Toonses took it off the cliff. That was Yeah, uh, I've been there. I've been just, there. Just a couple things that I wanted to bring up to you guys before we closed off the show tonight. As far as things I didn't get to talk about during the live show last week, at the uh, we went to the five hundred first gala and it was nice, but it was a little loud. They had, this, uh, they had a band there, and we, you know we were hanging out. But then the comlink was recording there in the back room, and I went back to uh, to actually meet James and per- James Arnold Taylor in person finally after all these years of talking with him, and that was cool. And then we ran into Grand Imahara, which made Anya lose her mind because she loves Mythbusters, and so do I. It's not like I wasn't being a little fanboyish talking to him. He knows Amy pretty well, and he talked about coming on the show. So that's something to look forward to. But my wife's face, twice that weekend, uh, one on Friday night at the 501st party, and then again at the Rebels screening, we're walking out, and I get this elbow into my gut, and like hard, and I look at her, I'm like, what? And she's like, over there, it's Sam. And I look over, and there's Sam. We're talking to a bunch of people, and and she's like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't believe it, Sam. It's Sam." It's like, "Oh, you want to go meet him?" And she's like, "You think?" And like, my wife doesn't get overly excited about anything. She's a nurse. She lives, you know, ninety miles an hour all the time. And so we went up. She's cleaning up that wreckage of the car wreck. Yeah, exactly. All the time. All the time. So we went up, and I said, "It's hey, Sam." I said, "Sam, I'd like to introduce you to my wife." And this is Ariana, and she's big smiles on her face. Oh, I'm such a big fan. And it, it, it was really funny because she's like uh, talking about being human, and then she's like, "And your Darth Maul is just fantastic." And I'm like, well, "Who are you? Who are you smiling and talking to Sam Whitworth this way while your husband's standing right here?" throwing out Darth Maul quotes. But then we, I said, I know you're busy, so uh, we were going to get going. So we walk away. We get about 10 feet away, and she can't, kind of looked a little deflated. And I'm like, what's the matter? And she's like, oh, we didn't get the picture. I'm like, oh, you want a picture? And she's like, you think? So then we walk back over. I'm like, Sam, I'm a jerk. I didn't get a picture with you and my wife. So there's a great picture of my wife standing there with Sam and me a third wheel in this picture and the gigantic smile on her face from 
finally meeting mm-hmm. him. And he was a gentleman. I'm not saying he wasn't, but that's my wife, Sam. Watch yourself. <laughs> How? So this is this is an experience uh, that that the wives go through. I'm wondering how Ariana dealt with it because Amberly just sort of got pissed with me the whole time. Not pissed, but like, really? But like, it's a Star Wars celebration. We've got a reasonably, like, people listen to the podcast. Sure. And we were getting people like pulling us aside every 20 feet saying, hey, love the podcast, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate it. Yeah. But Amberly was like, really? Like, what do you think? You're a rock star? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, it, it was kind of like that. It was more of. You know, people would say to her, oh, he's so funny, and I love listening to him. And she's like, I don't find him as funny as you do. It was kind of <laughs> sort of like that. But I, I also liked from the live show, Brian, uh, right towards the end, he had the idea of bringing the kids up. So having the kids share their celebration experiences, that was another highlight for me of the weekend. And then on Anya doing a Jedi training at Disneyland and then beating up Darth Maul. i never been so proud of my life. And all my Star Wars galaxy living, that was the coolest thing I've seen. And then finally, Bobby, there's one more thing I want to ask you about the live stream. I don't know if you got to see it or not, because there was, what, was six hours that first day of I, content. I've got another I've got another question okay. for Bobby, too, after okay. you're done with this. Yeah, no, no worries. I just want to interrogate Bobby. Yeah, let's interrogate him. It's been it's so nice. long since we've talked to him. It's just like, Bobby, Bobby, did you see this? Did you huh? see this? Huh, Bobby? Huh? Huh? I, um, did you see it's, me it's, and Amy talking about the podcast? It was like a minute or two. Yeah. Did you yeah, see I that? Saw. What did you think about all those interviews about podcasting and what they were saying? I thought that was pretty cool. I like that they uh, they took time out because they absolutely did not have to do that. When you have to do that sort of, uh, it's not B-roll. B-roll is not the right term for it. But when you're doing that sort of crowd work, um, you don't have to stop down and talk to people uh, you know, who talk about Star Wars yeah. in their free time. You can just talk to fans because the fan, I mean, we are fans. So, I mean, they are still talking to fans. But you know what I mean. Like, you can talk to uh, people in some really amazing cosplay. You can talk to some little kids who are having their eyes opened by this amazing experience that I never had when I was a little kid. I didn't get to go to a convention that was entirely about Star Wars. That would have been like crawling into my own brain, like Malkovich style, to go to a Star Wars convention at age six you know um but they actually took the time to stop and talk to people uh who who talk about star wars maybe not for a living but they take a lot of time and they spend uh, a a fair amount of the, the time that they have to give people a show to entertain people um and i like they stopped and they made sure to talk to as many star wars podcasts as they could and they gave you guys airtime while they knew that the world was watching i thought that was pretty yeah, cool it was, it was really classy and and just to to pull back the curtain with that a couple weeks prior to us going out to celebration dan from coffee with kenobi um i don't know exactly how i got set up but he wanted to make sure that we were included and he wanted to make sure that brian and amy and and myself got to uh have that experience with with those interviews and and so thank you to dan and and all that they uh they went through they they were awesome this weekend i i hung out all day i guess it was thursday all day with dan and Corey from coffee with kenobi and if you like those guys just listening to them you should hang out with them in person yeah they're nice dudes brian your question i want to ask about like so we we got mike on star tours Mm -hmm. and we got his reaction yeah that was fun and and I was wondering what it, I mean, like, because you still haven't been on the ride, and now everybody has. <laughs> nanny, nanny, and you're boo-boo. like the guy. Like you're, we're waiting for your reaction now. I'm just yeah. wondering what it was like listening to Mike, who was uh, with you, sort of. I don't want to say shaming Amy and I for be, having been on the ride so often, but uh, <laughs> skeptical. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering what it was like listening to Mike go through it. Uh, yeah. Well, it was pretty much exactly what I thought because uh, Mike talks a good game. But, but obviously it, 
it hit him it hit him where it hurts you know like it 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 made a serious impact and i knew that it would and so it was really fun listening to just how much uh being on that ride weakened his knees like and you you could hear i could see him perfectly in my brain uh like i didn't have to have video i i knew how he was acting (laughs) i knew what (laughs) body language was like um you could hear it in his voice and it was it was really amusing i was i was happy that that I because I didn't know that was popping up. I maybe I wasn't paying attention as much as I should have been at work when I was listening. I, you guys didn't sort of say we're going to be tagging the show with uh, you know raw footage of Mike just getting off of Star Tours. You didn't say that, right? There was a thing at the at, in the notes that said stick around to hear Mike, okay. Amy, and Brian talk about yeah, Star Wars. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't read that in the notes. So when audio started to come up as the guitar notes were ringing out, I was like, oh, what is this? And at first, my honestly, my first thought was. Oh crap! Maybe Mike didn't realize that he that he forgot to cut off the tail end of the thing where we start you know we start ragging on other podcasts for not being as good as ours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. I thought you'd maybe left one of that part one of those parts in, but it turns out no. What I was actually listening to was you just getting off of Star Tours, and I was like, "Ooh, this is good. I like it. I like it very much." Yeah, uh, I, I have trouble speaking just as a human being, but <laughs> speaking after that, it kind of like I said when we talked about it with Amy. Uh, the first time, I didn't even care who else was on the ride. It was me, and I was living it, and I was in awe, and I'm going yeah. d- just a thousand miles a minute. It just was amazing. But then the second time, and when we got to see um, the pod pod racing, which is what I wanted to see the most, um, yeah. and then to look down and hear Anya screaming, this is amazing, and telling people, we're on Tatooine, this is amazing. So living it with her then the second time, that was that was a lot, of, a lot, lot cool, lot, a lot cool. See, I can't even talk about it still, and it's been over a week. So. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love how it reduces you to just a, a, a jam of syllables. Yeah, a spreadable so, jam of words that you just sort of smear all over yourself. Yeah, I love that's true. What one, one day, Bobby, we'll get you yeah. on there. One day. <laughs> Are you going to go to London with us in sixteen? Oh man, I don't know. I couldn't afford to get down to Anaheim, man. How am I going to get across the pond? Thirty dollars be- a week, just put thirty dollars a week aside. <laughs> what are you sally struthers yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a deal real cards come on well i do i do want to bring up like there are obviously experiences that i didn't get to have with you guys and there are experiences that although i enjoyed the stream that were not going to be the same as you guys being at the at celebration itself but there is one experience that we all missed out on everyone missed out on and that was the experience uh of finding out what was going on with the original trilogy um because a lot of people that was the announcement that everyone thought was going to get made at celebration. Uh, and it was I never not, thought but that a lot of people were like, they're going to talk about the original trilogy being released to Blu-ray because everyone knows those, those 4k masters that Lucasfilm has been working on and people were expecting an announcement on that front. And there was nothing. And next week we're going to talk about what nobody heard uh, at celebration. And we're going to talk about it at length. And sometimes these conversations can get heated, but I know for a fact, we are not going to get heated. It is going to be a reasonable conversation about the original trilogy, theatrical versions, and whether or not we're ever going to get. Well, now you're setting us up to be adults, Bobby. Come on. They they call me Darth civility. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what they call you? Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad that I held That's- off on talking to you about the live stream and what you experienced because again, it's a text or just a, a short conversation about it. it doesn't do it justice. I'm glad that mm-hmm. I'm glad when I found out that they were doing that, I was glad that there was something that you were going to get to do because I knew I knew you were going to want to watch things and see what was going on. So I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy because it's not like I wouldn't have 
I, I would have figured out a way to maybe not live stream. I would have had to put in a lot more work. I would have had to have like, you know, streams of, of Twitters and Facebooks raining down my computer monitor, like the matrix. I would have figured out a way to have been somehow on that floor digitally. But thankfully star Wars and Verizon was like, Hey, We'll just stream the whole thing. And I'm like, yes! Which, again, was, was really classy. I thought that that was really cool that they did that for the fans that, that weren't there. I, I thought that was great. It, is, it was great. It Something was great they watching. didn't have to do. They really I, didn't have you know, to do it. I heard a little bit of sour grapes from people who were like, well, why did I bother paying all this time and money to come and do this? And, and it's like, it's man, it's, it's not, not about you. It's not the <laughs> same thing. It's not about you. It's about Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not the same. Like, it. While it is very cool that I could just watch panels that you guys were having to wait hours in line to get into, I can just turn on my computer and watch the same panel. It's not the same. You don't actually spend money to go to a convention solely to watch a panel or watch a trailer. You go because you want to be part of that vibe. And that that is something that does not come through uh, in a live stream. So, I mean, that's, that's the difference. That's the major difference. And Amy and Brian were totally all right. Every every line I stood in at Disney or at Celebration, there was somebody to talk to. There were people on the plane before we left that listened to the show, like right before they got on the plane, and then they saw me and they were cool. And then people out there, you just knew that you could turn around and have a conversation about Star Wars, and it just that environment well, no, was amazing. We, we we met a guy actually. You'd find this really interesting. So you know that Force Awakens exhibit that uh, all those pictures came out of, yeah. Bobby. Um, when we were waiting in line to go in, there was this guy who's really shy mm-hmm. and we were Han waiting Solo? in line. Yeah. Yeah. And he caught, he caught our attention and he came up and he's like, are you, are you guys, is you guys are really full of Sith, right? Like, which, <laughs> like it's, it's Brian and Mike, like from full of Sith. And we're like, yeah, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, I'm here from London. I'm here absolutely by myself. Oh, like wow. I didn't come here with anybody. Um, he talked his parents into their. 40th or 50th wedding anniversary in Southern California so he could come out to celebration. Oh, that's slick. Yeah. That's, and so he, we like, we're like, well, come on in line. And like, we adopted him in our group. And he like afterwards was just like, you know, really like, thank you. Like I didn't, you guys had talked about it before that. It's like you meet people and you can talk to people in line. And it's like family and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't really believe it. And I was really worried I was going to be here by myself and not have anybody to talk to, but you guys have been great. And this whole thing is just wonderful. Yeah. When you're at celebration, just sort of stand around. Eventually a podcast is going to walk past you. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can just sort of hang out with the podcast. Well, or, or anybody, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, John Morton, actually, who was Dak, who was Mm -hmm. on the show. I, uh, he came up and he introduced himself like, Hey, Brian, it's, it's John Morton. I was Dak. Yeah. I saw him Um, on Thursday. Good guy. And, uh, say James Lucino came yeah. up and he's like, Hey, Brian, how's it going? And I was like, I would have probably come over and introduced myself, but you did the work for me. That was so that's pretty, very so you, gracious of you. I, I can't get that from a live stream. You can't get that from a live stream. You no. have to actually be in the room. You have to, and, that, that's, and that's what people are paying money to do. They want to be in the room with those people and have those connections. And I, I didn't get to have those connections. I got to enjoy the panels. I got to enjoy Toonses driving the car off the cliff. I got to rewind the Force Awakens trailer like 15 times. You guys had to go back to your room and and eat an elephant ear or whatever. But I mean, there are pluses and minuses to both of them. But I wouldn't be at the convention complaining that people were getting to stream it. Like that doesn't that that seems to be 
against the entire point of being at the convention in the first the place. The only thing I was complaining about was how often I had to answer the question, is Bobby here? <laughs> yep, happened a lot. What, you know, it was uh, the listener party. I wanted to do the listener meetup. I just want to talk about that real quick, too. A lot yeah. of people showed up to that, and everybody was very gracious and thankful about the shows. And then we got to take a picture. We got second place in that. Uh, this is Star Wars. This is Madness. Uh, mm-hmm. picking who was going to be the winner. So we got a little trophy for that. Sorry that you weren't there to hoist that up with us too, Bobby. But the, the one thing of, I wasn't, I wasn't hurt by it or I wasn't upset by it, but we were standing in line somewhere and somebody walked by me and they were talking with their friend and they go, that was Brian Young from Full of Sith. And I'm standing right there and they're walking by me. I'm like, hey, I do that show too. And they're like, oh, Mike. And they're like, oh my God, Mike, how you doing? Where's Bobby? Bobby's in Portland. <laughs> it was awesome though. There was a, it was a, it was a really good time. That's funny. You got to work on those jealousy issues. No, buddy. I wasn't jealousy. Thing. It was just funny that this, the show is getting talked about. They're walking right by me, like, uh, pay attention to me too. Look at me. Look at me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Oh, so not what kind of talk is that? Ah, uh, so yeah, we uh we went over time, but it was worth it because we got to hear a lot of good things. And uh, nope. why? What was that, Brian? And we got to talk to Bobby again, which yes. we haven't done in so long. Look, and I've been so looking forward to it. It was that. a bummer. I know you were busy. I don't know if you want to let people know how busy you were or what was going on, but it was it was a bummer doing shows and you weren't around, dude. Eh, well, I'm, I'll be back next week. All right. Well, then we'll look forward to that. Amy is also uh, bummed that she doesn't know how time works or time, <laughs> uh, yeah, time she, zones. She could, yeah, she could have been on today's show, but things got in the way and... There was confusion about. Um, she hopefully will be joining us next week as well. So we'll have a nice full cast yes. uh, to talk about the original trilogy, the theatrical versions, uh, whether they're coming, if they'll ever come. Uh, and maybe we'll even delve into the, the idea that I brought up earlier, uh, like a, a personal idea of what your perfect special edition might look like we're gonna we're gonna get into all those things it might get a little contentious but it's always going to be above board and respectful yeah uh so we're gonna dig into it we're definitely gonna dig into it next week we might Uh, talk about luke's green lightsaber too oh yeah that's right i do want to talk about that i've got some ideas i've got things that might interest people i'll stick around for that we'll see that next week so anyway great great hearing from you bobby and um if you want to leave the show a voicemail please do so 208-426-5592 or the Speakpipe app on the website lots of uh, voicemails coming in and lots of uh people talking about celebration and and meeting us and doing things and that was great so same thing with the emails holocron at fullofsit.com go to the website fullofsit.com and you can see the show notes we're going to put a bunch of links up there and um, you can find our contact information like our Twitter at Full of Sith, at the mic, at Swankmotron, at Amy underscore geek, Facebook.com slash Full of Sith. Go there and like us if you haven't already. And iTunes reviews. Lots of those coming in lately, and we appreciate it. And we always like to see what people think of the show. We appreciate it. So, uh, BrianYoungFiction.com, that's where you can find. That was the other thing. I, Brian, that, that Brian writes great books. He does. I agree. What are we going to say? Was, I was scolded repeatedly for not mentioning that I write books more on the show. I don't think the show's about that, but I was told I had to do it more. You I'm do. sorry, everyone in advance. You do have great books. I enjoy them. Also, BigShinyRobot.com is where you can go and see things that Brian does as well. And then um, me and Bobby, we're here. Just look for us. We're around somewhere. So um, for this episode of Full of Sith, episode 112 and Brian Young and Bobby Roberts and his epic return to the show, I am the Mike Pilot. May the Force be with you. Always.
Sir, if you're not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. Can we start over? Yeah. I'm going to watch it again. So we're gonna. Mike has not seen the Rebels season two trailer yet, and I don't want to spoil it for him. I've seen it twice, but I'm gonna watch it again. Oh my! How many of you guys actually did see the Rebel season two trailer already? Just like everybody two of you. Everybody pull it up right now. Homework. Yeah, just before we even everybody start. pull up your phones. Look, it's on the Star Wars Facebook page. You can just look at it right now. Holy crap! We'll do that. We got like three minutes. It's about three minutes long. You can all you all have time to look at it, so we don't spoil anything for you. I spoiled it for Concetta. Like the first thing I told her, hi. Okay, hey guys, if you're standing, please take a seat. I'll stick Darth Vader on you. That's not it. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars posted it now. There you go. Well, back then, there were 10,000 Jedi Knights protecting the galaxy. Now, there's just you and me. What's up? Lord Vader. Yes, Master. The rebels in the Lothal system. Hunt them down. As you wish. Fighter coming in at Mark Three. We've lost Phoenix One and Two. Better man. She look any more Vader than we expected. Soka. Fighting alongside soldiers isn't what I saw before. We are fighting a bigger fight. We can't just run. That's what we're looking to survive. The fear. The anger. The hate. I haven't sensed a presence like that since the Clone Wars. My name is Rex, Captain, 501st Clone Battalion. I fought with Commander Tano during the Clone Wars. A friend of hers is a friend of mine. He looks like your dad. It does look like my dad. Yeah, Honda. Rex, get those ties off our back. Working on it. <laughs> Surrender. Be destroyed. Lots of addicts. What a better class of soldier than the stormtroopers. They'll all be coming now. Who the hell is this guy? Huh. 
get that out of the way first. I'm priorities. sorry. Thank you, everyone, for letting me indulge myself on the new. Hey, guy at the door. If my wife shows up, let her in. 